Welcome. You're listening to Living Faith Podcast. Starry sky and see your hand in time and mind to lead me through the night. Life updates. Recreational marijuana. Recreational. Recreational means for enjoyment. Recreational marijuana. According to the Centers of Disease Control for Disease Control, researchers do not yet know the full extent of the consequences when the body and the brain, especially developing brains, are exposed to high concentrations of THC, the active psychotic chemical in marijuana. They're not yet sure of the recent, because of the recent increases in the potency and how that will become an effect and risk someone becoming addicted. They do know that marijuana use directly affects the brain, specifically the parts of the brain responsible for memory, for learning, for attention, for decision-making, for coordination, emotions, and reaction time. Developing brains, like those in babies, children, and teens, are especially susceptible to the hurtful effects of marijuana. And even though pain management is one of the most common reasons people use medical marijuana in the United States, there is really limited evidence, according to the CDC, limited evidence that marijuana works to treat most types of chronic pain. Marijuana users are significantly more likely than non-users to develop temporary psychosis. In other words, not knowing what's real, hallucinations, paranoia. They're significantly more likely to have long-lasting mental disorders, including schizophrenia. According to the National Institute on Drug Abuse, drugabuse.gov, marijuana overactivates parts of the brain, and this causes the high that people feel. Its effects include, include altered senses, for example, seeing brighter colors. It includes an altered sense of time, changes in mood, impaired body movement, difficulty thinking and problem solving, impaired memory, and in high doses it causes hallucinations, delusions, and psychosis. Yet, Ours is the generation that considers marijuana recreational for enjoyment. You know, one reason this generation has difficulty accepting the negative reports about marijuana that I just shared is because previous generations have long embraced the use of other mind or mood-altering chemicals known as alcohol or Valium or Xanax. 
And so the younger generation, they don't want to hear about marijuana's potential dangers because previous generations ignored similar warnings about alcohol or dependency on prescription meds. And so for many young ones, the argument is simple. Hey, don't yell at us. We're doing the same thing you're doing. We're just using a different chemical. All in the name of recreation. This generation in the name of enjoyment is altering its senses, changing its moods, impairing its memories, and affecting its thoughts. You know, I'm just curious. Think with me, if you will. I mean, how many have ever heard this come from someone to say after an evening of drunkenness. They wake up the next morning and say, well, you know what? That solved everything. My problems are answered. Everything is taken care of. Perhaps those who have spent time being drunk, how many times have you awakened from a hangover to realize all the problems you had prior to drunkenness have now vanished? How many have found that intoxication actually changes life circumstances. You know, like this, your bank account is empty, so you get drunk, you wake up, and now the account is flush with cash. You get in a huge fight with your spouse, get stoned, then come to, and now your marriage is fabulous, right? Your child's flunking out of school, facing expulsion. What should you do? Get high. Because when you return to earth, now the child will be on the dean's list. Your doctor reports your condition is terminal. Get wasted. Come down and all of a sudden you'll be an Olympian. Your company folds and you lose your pension. So get bombed and wake up and now your retirement is secure. Really? Does inebriation help us in any way? Certainly it numbs the perception of problems. But while we're inebriated, problems continue. Problems keep coming. But there's something about this culture that we are increasingly infatuated with the many means of drunkenness and incurring and increasing our means of doing so. Come on, let's be frank. Drunk, high, stoned, inebriated, intoxicated, stupefied, blitzed, bombed, loaded, spaced out, wasted, zonked, ripped, under the influence. None of these solve any of life's problems. Even if they relieve pain, they don't cure the cause of the pain. Rather, they impair our thoughts, our feelings, our reactions to problems. Mind and mood-altering chemicals are merely reality-suspending. And in a candid conversation with users, they'll confess just that. Here's an idea. Instead of suspending reality or chemically ignoring life, how about 
dealing with life. Here's an idea. How about changing our reality? How, how about facing our problems and resolving our problems? Instead of zoning out of life, how about updating to success in life? My message today is that is the message of Christian discipleship, not of ignoring problems, but by the power of God, learning how to handle and manage and resolve problems. The message of Christianity is not to be high on God and step away from human reality. Rather, it is that we are empowered to manage life by the hand and wisdom of God. It's a life update. In Ephesians chapter 5, and if not all, most of my messages in this coming summer time will come from Ephesians. Ephesians 5 and 15, the scripture says this, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Notice the unsuccessful things from that passage. He says, don't live like fools. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't be drunk. Now, compare those to the updated alternatives that he shares. He says, be careful how you live. Live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Understand what the Lord wants. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead. That means in place of. Can We be encouraged today about this gospel update that the kingdom of God offers. Instead, says this, the Holy Spirit replaces foolish living. The Holy Spirit replaces thoughtless acts. The Holy Spirit replaces drunkenness. Instead of suspending reality in our lives, we enjoy the Holy Spirit's up. But in reading this passage, and Paul talks about the Holy Spirit, specifically in the very same verse, he says, don't be drunk, instead be filled with the Spirit. In the same verse, he ties those things together. I find that's interesting because even at the very first biblical Holy Spirit event, there was some confusion about the Spirit's operation. Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. 
Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. They questioned, how can this be? These people are all from all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. In the next couple of verses, it lists 15 languages at least. In verse number 11, the passage continues. We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. I think that's something to note, that when someone receives the gift of the Holy Spirit and they know because God enables the ability to speak a language they didn't learn in school or at home, that the words they say are words that are expressing the wonderful things of God. Furthermore, don't you remember in Ephesians 5 when Paul said, don't be drunk with wine, instead be filled with the Spirit. What did he say about that? Singing and praising and worshiping. There is something about the Spirit of God that is connected with worshiping, magnifying, and praising Him. Bible says then in verse number 12 of Acts chapter 2, they stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. First event of the Holy Spirit outpouring, people did not know what's going on. And as is typical when people don't know what's going on, somebody in the crowd believes they have the answer. The Bible says this in verse 13. Others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Now isn't it intriguing that that's connected with the Holy Spirit outpouring? Then in Ephesians, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here, when it's first poured out, the connection, the human explanation, the the people in the crowd say, I know what's going on. These folks are drunk, that's all. That's intriguing to me. They're uninformed, though. They've got no experience with the Holy Spirit. It's the first time it's happened. So they, they go back to their previous experience. What do they know? What's their environment? What do they assume? And they offer this. Well, it just seems to me they're drunk. They assumed, perhaps, that the Holy Spirit was similar in purpose and practice to drunkenness. And perhaps they viewed the Holy Spirit as just another means to deaden thoughts and to deaden feelings. Perhaps they viewed the Holy Spirit as just another way to suspend reality and escape 
from life. But they weren't allowed to keep that idea for long because immediately Peter corrected them. In verse 14, Peter steps forward with the 11 other apostles. He wasn't alone. He wasn't rogue. All 12 were standing together. This is what the deal is. Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your daughters and your sons will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Peter immediately corrected their error. No, they're not drunk. Don't make a mistake. The Holy Spirit is fulfillment of the Word of God from ages ago. The Holy Spirit is different from drunkenness. Now, the witty in the crowd perhaps wouldn't allow me just to roll through that passage and go forward because even in the prophecy, the prophecy says they will prophesy, dream dreams, and have visions. Well, preacher, that sounds like hallucinations to me. Maybe it is kind of like drunkenness. How about we allow the Bible to define and explain the Holy Spirit? Rather than doing like the crowd and putting our own experience and our own background, our own understanding onto the Word of God, let's let the Word of God explain itself. And so we look into the Scripture and it says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13, Paul is writing to the believers and disciples there. He says, as for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters loved by the Lord. We're always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. Salvation came through the Spirit and through your belief in the truth. Notice what the Spirit does. Through the Spirit that makes you holy. The Spirit brings salvation and makes disciples holy. The Holy Spirit provides the holy, God-inspired, God-empowered updates into our life. The Holy Spirit isn't just about delivering me. It's about transforming me. It's about driving me closer and pulling me nearer and causing me to be everything He wants me to be. In Romans chapter 8, a little further explanation from Scripture about the purpose and power of the Spirit. 8-2, because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Freed means released. It means a different status. It means updated. 
Look at verse number 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. There's an update from the power of the Spirit that says this, we are no longer dominated by sinful nature, but now we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. I, I used to be under the control of my sinfulness, but now I am under the control of the Spirit. I, I used to be under the thinking of, of my sinful nature, but now I'm under the control of the Holy Spirit. There's an update that's taken place. Further down that chapter in verse number 12, it says this, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That, that passage right there is profoundly powerful. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you you to do. You know, the Bible talks about a sin of gluttony. Folks who eat too much. How much is too much? Well, I don't have a scales. I don't have a calorie count. I can't give you that imagination and understanding, but between a person and God, there is a point where gluttony is a sin. Now, here's the deal. It's natural to eat. We all need to eat to stay alive. Food is not a sin. And yet I can cross the border. If some would say, you know what? My body just keeps telling me I need to eat more. I need to eat more. I need to eat more. But at some point, God in His decision and judgment will say, you've crossed a line and you're into gluttony. Here's the deal right here. Dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That's the update we get in the kingdom of God. Well, in my humanity, in my just who I am, just what I am, I feel like this is what I need to do. But you know what? If it's not agreeable with the Word of God and the kingdom of God, the people of God have no obligation to do what you sinful nature says to do. That's why the Bible can say things like, Be angry, but sin not. Well, it's just, it's just my emotions. It's just who I am. I'm an angry person. And when my anger gets a hold of me, I just I do these kind of things. You know what? Uh, everybody has a battle with anger, some more than others. It's a very real thing. But you know what? When I'm filled with the Spirit, the Scripture says, we have no obligation to do what our sinful nature pushes us to do. So when I stand before God and I am questioned by Him, by this book, I'm not going to be able to say to Him, you know what, it just felt right to me. Because when I'm filled with the Spirit, I've got no obligation to do what my sinful nature would provoke me to do. Look what it says further here. If you live by its dictates, you will die. That's verse 13. But if through the power of the Spirit 
you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Here's the thing, a Holy Spirit update. It updates our lives above mere ordinary sinful human nature by the Holy Spirit we've got no obligation to follow the urges of our sinful nature by the Holy Spirit our our old version if you will is gone and we've been completely updated what updated to what preacher well second Corinthians 3 records this whenever someone turns to the Lord the veil is taken away Now, the veil in that passage, if you read the earlier part of the chapter, it's a reference to the previous understanding or the old perspective. So when someone turns to the Lord, the old perspective, the old understanding is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, verse 17, and whenever the Spirit of the Lord is, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We've heard that already. Verse 18, so all of us, well, I'm glad it says all who have had that veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Now look what happens. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about. It makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't similar to drunkenness. The Holy Spirit isn't God's way of escaping life or ignoring trouble. Hear me today. You've got trouble in your life and a circumstance. I hope you'll come to this altar and pray. I hope you'll be renewed or filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know, being experienced in the Holy Spirit in this altar, in this front area, isn't the end of it. It's the beginning of it. It's It's not just a place to pull us out of our reality. It is a possibility to change our reality. Here's what I fear. Just like the crowd who had a wrong perception of the Holy Spirit. The crowd who had a wrong perception of the Holy Spirit. They saw what was happening and said, well, that's just like being drunk. That's a time to get away and to get out of reality and just push your problems off for a while and pretend like they're not there. And some of us can come into the kingdom of God not because we purposely do it, but because we ignorantly do it. Because our experience doesn't know any better. We haven't been taught any better. We don't have any further understanding. So when we come to Jesus, instead of going to the bud hut for a hit or the bar for a shot, We come to the church for some goosebumps in the spirit. And then we keep living the same way as if we come down from a high or come down from a drunk or then come away from a prayer meeting and our lives don't change and our circumstances are the same and we make our decisions the same way and our attitudes the same way and our perspectives the same way. I hear today when I preach the word of God that God has a bigger plan. He's got a bigger interest. He's got a a bigger purpose for his spirit in our lives. 
The Holy Spirit is purpose to update our lives. He makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The Holy Spirit up dates disciples in every way from the day we receive him until the day he returns hear me today the holy spirit updates our entire life for our entire life spirit of god doesn't suspend reality it changes reality The Holy Spirit updates my attitudes to His attitudes so that I can face life's challenges. The Holy Spirit updates my values to His values so that I can manage my life's situations. The Holy Spirit updates my perspectives to His perspectives so that I can manage, so that I can see my life differently. The Holy Spirit updates my actions to his actions so that I can solve life's problems. Hear me today. Disciples, enjoy the Holy Spirit instead of drunkenness. We know the Holy Spirit is more than a one afternoon opportunity. It's more than a one afternoon experience. It's more than a one prayer meeting goosebumps. It's more than a get a little bit on Sunday. That's not what it is. But the Spirit makes us more and more like Him him until we are changed into his glorious image through the Holy Spirit that we live successfully in this reality by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite us for opportunity to pray and respond to the word of God right now. I'm just going to inquire with those of us in the house by a few questions. I wonder today, sitting on these pews, hearing my voice today, hearing the power of God's word. There are some here, one or two or many who are facing issues in life and failing, who are struggling with circumstances and don't have victory. You've been putting them off. You've been ignoring them. I wonder today, would you like solutions instead? Would you like to become a better person and a more powerful disciple instead? I wondered this afternoon if our understanding of the Holy Spirit has been mistaken. And over the years, we have limited him to reality suspension. That we have limited the Holy Spirit to 
you know what, I've gone through an exceptionally bad time in my life and now I haven't been to church in six months. I haven't been in a prayer meeting for God knows how long. I don't have any personal time of prayer or reading the Bible, but I'm going through a horrible time. And, you know, instead of hitting the bud hut, instead of hitting the bar, I'm going to stop by that Pentecostal church and, and get me some Holy Ghost goosebumps and kind of get me through this and, and I'll be okay and then I'll head out and do my life the way I want to do my life. And you know what? The next time I get in a bind and I need a little shot in the arm, I'll, I'll come by. Hear me today. God loves us more than that. God loves us more than giving us a free spiritual alternative to mind-altering drugs and mood-altering hallucinogenics. He loves us more than that. If you've been misunderstood the concept of God today, today's a great opportunity to talk to God. Today's a great time to speak to the Lord and say, you know what, I want you to release the fullness of what you desire to do in my life. I want to experience you day to day and week to week and year by year. I want to live and walk. Paul said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to, I want to follow your Spirit. I don't want to just dabble in it. I want to be led by your Spirit. I don't just want to dose now and then. You're wanting Him's true purpose in your life. And maybe I'm speaking today to those who you, you haven't had trouble in a while. Your life's on autopilot. Over the years, you've managed to pick up enough of the word of God's wisdom. You've been handed down some good things from parents or grandparents or fellow disciples. And you don't do much stupid stuff anymore. Your life's just cruising along in the, in the plain and ordinary. But I wonder today, when's the last time we had an update? When's the last time the more and more took place in my life? Changing me into his glorious image. And I tell you today that the Spirit of the Lord... Like on the screen of my computer and probably yours, there's a little icon, there's a little reminder, there's a little button that comes up and it flashes and says, updates available. Can I say to every disciple or would-be disciple in the house that the Spirit of the Lord is speaking that into every life today, there's updates available. There's updates available. I'm going to invite everybody in this house. The musicians are going to play. There might even be some singing. I don't know how that will work out. But you know what? If you want to entertain the spirit of the God, something about this message and these words and this scripture has impacted and affected you today, perhaps in the ways I've just described or perhaps in other ways, you know what? Don't hesitate. Don't wait. I want you right now to stand up out of your pew. Come up around this front area. You want to stand. You want to kneel. But you want to respond 
respond to the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit offers life-changing, developing updates into every life. It's here for all of us. Would you, would you find a place in this front area and begin to talk to the Lord right now? If you're comfortable kneeling, fine. If you're comfortable sitting around here, fine. If you want to kneel down, you want to stand, you want to raise your hands, but put yourself in the presence of the Lord right now. He's in the business of changing us more and more into His glorious image to make us more and more like Him. It's His design that we would be the perfect example of His plan for our lives. He's got a bigger picture for you and me than even what we have for ourselves here today. You've been listening to the Living Faith Everett podcast series. Tune in next week for the next part of this series. Or join us online at livingfaithministries.church. The Holy Ghost, you give me peace.